0: Trademarks owned by Beckel AB to CV, 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason
2: Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and
3: entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not uh, as simple you
3: know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show
1: is called The, the Deal. deal.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The
1: John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that voice the next.
3: Big job! There are a
1: couple of absolutely self involved bull artists. Here are your hosts, John Annick and
3: Kenny Florian. Shot, bang, oh, don't, don't. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt sip smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. All
0: right, good to be with you Sunday, February 19, 2023. Ken Flo, what'd you just say? That you look like an old school train conductor in that uh, hat? That is that yeah, a
3: little pointy at the front. I don't know what's I going on. I was absolutely
0: going to begin the show by banging on you for that hat. I mean, you know, I'm a hat guy, right? The theme actually at my bar mitzvah back on October 5th, 1991, the theme of my b'nai mitzvah with my twin brother was hats. Not wearing a hat today, circumstantially. But what is going on with your hat? I mean, did did Archer (laughs) sit on that all morning before the program? Jesus, it's
3: like it's like a throwback. You know, it's a Luftgekult, which is like uh, reference to air cooled Porsches in German. And uh, wow, the hat. It's the first time I'm wearing it. It needs a little breaking in, or maybe it's too broken in. I don't know. I can't figure it out, John. I don't Uh, know. Well,
0: what a lot of your Instagram followers can't figure out is how seemingly you went from being student to teacher in these lethal weapon classes uh what's been going on over the last three years it seemed like you went from student to teacher am i mistaken or no
3: well i'm always always a student uh you know i i i teach different stuff but you know i'm i'm uh i don't know are you referring to like the gun stuff or like uh, yeah
0: mainly the gun yeah. stuff and right how dare i suggest that a martial artist is not always learning i mean we're off to a <laughs> rocky start today anika yeah. podcast presented by DraftKings, by the way
3: yeah, no, I, I listen, I, I don't teach a whole lot of uh gun stuff. I, I kinda leave that to the experts who are part of my company. But uh just, you know, just training a lot, man. I, I put a lot of time into it trying to get better, getting there. Getting there's still a long way to go though, you know.
0: All right, so, you have a jujitsu seminar, I believe, coming up on February twenty yes. fifth. Is that accurate? That is correct. Twenty All right. I, what? Saturday and Sunday I'll
3: be in Ohio teaching some seminars.
0: All right, Ohio's a big state. I mean, you gotta give us more than yeah. that.
3: Let's see. I got uh, Brook Park. I'm in mm-hmm. Brook Park on Sunday. Where the hell am I on? Uh, Brian Saturday? Petrie
0: will provide clarity in a few minutes when he joins. Yeah, the Yeah,
3: exactly. I, I am in uh, Fairview Park, Ohio at Block Lotus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on Saturday, and then at uh, One Up Jiu-Jitsu in Brook Park, Ohio on Sunday. So um, I I don't I I think the first one might be sold out. But uh, if you guys are interested, you can check it out on my Instagram. Thank you, John, for that. Plug. I'm
0: not interested. No, I'm not interested. But some of our listeners might be. I'm not interested at all. If they go to Kenny Florian Martial Arts, there's a lot of stuff there. They may not necessarily get these dates and times, but it is Ohio, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Supposedly, there are a couple spots left. I mean, how are there are a couple spots left, I really don't know, <laughs> but there are a couple spots left. So if yes. you do want to join Kenflow, you know, a couple people were reaching out to me, like, what do you think about this jujitsu seminar? I'm like, I wouldn't fucking go. But <laughs> they want to know. No, these people on Instagram—they want to know how yeah. your back is, right? Because they really yes. want to know. They want to know if you're going to use painkillers to get through the workout, so maybe <laughs> they have a chance to roll with you at this seminar.
3: Uh, you know, I, it's it's not that bad. I've been I've been rehabbing pretty hard, so my back's feeling pretty good. It depends on how long I'm here in this chair doing the podcast. But uh, right. I'll be okay. I'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I'll be.
3: <laughs> You'll see your old Ken Flo hobble onto the mats a little bit. You know, I'll be there.
0: All right. I did not intend to, uh, to lead the show with this. And, you know, maybe Fairview Park is within driving distance for Cincinnati's Brian Near Peachtree. Cleveland. And, uh, he's more of a boxing guy, though, not he really is. a pajamas guy. So, um, yeah. But yeah, good stuff going on. Check Ken Flo's Instagram if you want more details on that. Uh, John underscore Anik will not get you anything on the uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu front. All right, lot to get to today. We will recap what just transpired. We're coming to you actually on Sunday morning. So uh, many of you will ingest this. Many hours thereafter, but tremendous performance by Aaron Blanchfield. We're going to get into all of that. Have an interesting poll question that we got a lot of response on. We'll also uh, have Brian Petrie help us through some of the Blanchfield stuff because he's pretty bullish on her, as a lot of sharps are. And uh, we got some picks for you for this weekend Nikita Krilov and uh, Ryan Spann, the men on the marquee. So a lot of different things to get into. And uh, we obviously appreciate the response on the video side, especially for UFC 284. Uh, all right, Kemflo, what else can you say, man? Uh, as a, well, you got four strikes. On your Brazilian Jitsu black belt now, is that
3: right? Yes, that's correct.
0: That was part of our pre-show. It just a
3: molt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Is that what that means? Yeah. All right. right. So yeah. uh so I do still I'm gonna wear my gi one of these shows. I'm gonna wear my <laughs> gi. So Aaron Blanchfield over Jessica Andrage, Rear Naked Show comes at 137 of round two. And I don't even know where to begin, right? I mean, there's a lot to be discussed as far as this fight on the feet, but gosh, you know, for me, it's really a guilty pleasure to see somebody out grapple somebody who's seemingly a pretty good grappler in their own right and then have their offensive jujitsu take over in a blink. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield, all the rage. Title shot next as far as I'm concerned. What'd you make of the main event uh, about 12, 18 hours ago?
3: Yeah, listen, I think that she showed a toughness uh, that, Shows that she has that championship mindset, has that championship heart, and coming up big against someone like Andrade was, uh, you know, pretty obvious to say that the it's the biggest biggest win of her career. Uh, I I think that on the ground, especially getting on top of someone like Andrade was where she was going to win this fight, and man, she just made it look easy. Andrade has never looked comfortable on her back, and. For me, looking from the outside in, that's where, that's where she needed to take this fight. She executed beautifully. Um, she was able to withstand that storm early on. Uh, Andrage was the more powerful striker, no question about it. She did get hit with some big shots, but there was nothing that showed me that um, you know she was. Necessarily like big time hurt or anything like that. So I think she shows the toughness that I think a lot of jiu-jitsu, uh, high level jiu jitsu people um, sometimes don't show, which is a great sign. She is a fighter, make no question about it. She isn't a jiu jitsu person that is fighting mixed martial arts. She is a fighter. Uh, and for that, I think, you know, at 23 years old, the sky's the limit for someone like Aaron Blanchfield. I don't think it was a perfect performance. I think she showed that she's very much vulnerable on the feet because uh, Andrage looked very sloppy at times. Um, you know, she was kind of winging a lot of shots, and Blanchfield had that chin a little bit too high. She was defensively not the best on the feet. But, you know, those are all things that can be fixed. Those are things that can be rectified, I think, as she gets more technical and more experienced because these are the type of fights as a fighter that you grow so much from um, and having it be against someone like Andraj who has proven yeah. herself to be elite is just massive.
0: And I do think the Andrade challenge is a unique one. And sometimes it's hard to navigate, even if Erin Blanchfield was to fight this fight 10 times over. Maybe she would be more defensively responsible throughout that series. But, you know, sometimes I think in terms of risk reward, you know, you got to give a little bit to get a little bit. And uh in terms of the takedown, right, obviously she was in pursuit of it. She eventually got it and then for andrage it sort of became pick your poison and i guess certain people can flow you just cannot give them the back in the rear naked choke what can you tell us about the the speed the technique with which uh blanchfield was able to uh to execute the fight uh the fight finishing choke there
3: that's right andrage when she was getting up to her feet she gave a little bit too much space between her and the cage i think she thought that that space um wasn't going to be enough and that, uh, you know, just because she was getting back to her feet, she was going to be okay. The key is, you know, obviously, number one, you always have to protect your neck, right? It's that space between your chin and your shoulder or your chest, right? You have to get that chin to the shoulder, number one to take away or at least make it more difficult for her to get that choke. She didn't do that. You know, she just got up, kind of reached, expanded her position, and when you're expanding your position, you're offering up space and that space that Blashfield um you know, took advantage of. She she took that territory uh for herself, landed that rear naked choke. And again, you don't always need hooks in order to do that. So the first thing you have to do is protect that space. Andraj wasn't thinking about protecting your neck. She was thinking about getting to her feet as quickly as possible. And even still, she offered up space between her armpit and hip, which allowed Blanchefield to secure that position that much more by connecting herself and by throwing those hooks and throwing those legs into that space. So um, it was really two major, it was three major mistakes. First, turning your back second offering up that space between your neck and shoulder and then third offering up the space between your hip and armpit so blanchfield who is so sharp with her submission skills was not going to forgive someone like jessica Andrush.
0: almost as sharp as the tip of your hat which is admittedly distracting me <laughs> it is. she's it is. 23 years old bro and yeah. no i'm just messing around yeah. so like there are a lot of people who have sort of planted their flag on this athlete right and suggested that Aaron Blanchfield was going to be a future champion if not title contender right a lot of our listeners shout out to uh the now Arizona Diamondback former Tampa Bay Ray San Francisco Giant Evan Longoria huge Aaron Blanchfield fan as is Brian Petrie Bob Labalita, another one of our listeners everybody loves Aaron Blanchfield and at 23 years of age it's easy to see why if she's like your favorite fighter I mean cold blooded the perfect nickname she's an absolute savage and to your point off the top sort of proving herself in terms of the toughness and the championship mindset was the first thing out of your mouth. So anyone who suggested how she was going to handle this, you know, we were going to have some long-winded conversation last week about, oh, I don't know, in terms if you're her manager, right? You're supposed to fight Tyler Santos. You get Andrage on short notice. Mm. Very unique stylistic challenge if you're Aaron Blanchfield. But she's she wants to be champion, you know. No hesitation in the post fight interview either. Like, I want the winner of Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. And I agree with her. Like, you go out and do this against this opposition. Like, there's no next title eliminator. For me, it's a championship fight for Aaron Blanchfield next. Uh, what are your thoughts on all that?
3: I'll say this. I- I- I always try to take more of a conservative approach. If I was managing her or coaching her, I like kind of a a more of a slow progression just because um, I want to give her the best opportunity to not only get the belt, but to hold on to that damn thing. Uh, And, you know, I think having that experience and seeing a variety of styles and being in some big spots is what's going to allow her to physically, technically, spiritually be able to get that belt when that opportunity arises. So. Yeah, the the big problem is is that there's not a whole lot of opportunities for other fighters. Yeah, I think you know Shevchenko could have other opportunities. Maybe there's a couple other people that could step in and and be that challenge. But Blanchfield, uh, having that amazing performance, she might, for better or worse, get that next opportunity. Um, you know. I- I think here's the problem is showing those kind of vulnerabilities and seeing what Shevchenko can do to pick apart fighters on the feet like she does. um, I'd be a little bit worried for Blanchfield. I think Blanchfield will be just fine. If she's able to hit that takedown against Shevchenko, I think she's going to be better on the ground, no question about it. But on the feet, I would like to see more development, um, especially defensively from Blanchfield before she takes on someone like Shevchenko. She's not just fighting for the belt against anybody. She's going against one of The best females to ever do it so uh, again for me i would like to see a more of a slow roll slow progression towards someone like a shevchenko
0: i do think it's interesting if you're manager or coach right and it's one thing for kenny florian former three-time ufc title challenger to say that on the anakin florian podcast it's another thing when potentially a championship fight emerges to be the coach or manager that says, hey, let's slow this roll. Let's fight Tatiana Suarez in a main event or Tyler Santos. Have that fight come around again. It's like, no, thank you. I don't know if she can beat John Jones's record, right, in terms of her age and maybe Cody can chase uh, when the 24th birthday arrives for Aaron Blanchfield, juxtaposed against when John Jones won the title, which was March of 2011. But if I'm Aaron Blanchfield, it's like I beat on Josh on short notice, right? In that little tiny 25 foot octagon at the apex or otherwise. Like I absolutely want to fight for the title. And Alexa Grosso can put a wrench into all of this. By the yeah. way, every time I read our poll question, I feel like I'm on the radio again. Anakin Florian poll question at Anaklorian pod. <laughs> Poll question is who has the best chance at flyweight to beat Valentina Shevchenko? And you all know I love the super fight between Valentina and Wei Lee. So I did include Zhang Wei Lee in the poll. 29.3% of you suggest that Zhang Wei Lee has the best chance to be to beat Valentina Shevchenko. 55.3% of you are on the Aaron Blanchfield bandwagon/slash train, which is getting more crowded by the day. Standing room only, actually, at this point in time. Um of you like either Tyler Santos or Manon Fjord, Twitter only gives you four choices, and then 4.4% of you are are not sleeping on Alexa Grasso, who gets the championship opportunity against Valentina 13 days from now at UFC 285. So it all sort of times out pretty well here. Blanchfield's all the rage. You can be be sure we're going to have a B-roll package of her on pay-per-view for after the flyweight title fight. But if Grasso wins, then all of a sudden Valentina lays claim to an immediate rematch and then Blanchfield has to wait and then she's almost assuredly going to fight somebody like Tyler Santos or Tatiana Suarez, who, if I'm not mistaken, has a fight coming up this weekend for the first time in a long time against Montana De La Rosa. So a lot of different things in the air, but we congratulate Aaron Blanchfield and... uh now we're going to bring into the conversation the great big gun brian petrie because he has been on the aaron blanchfield bandwagon for a while like you have a seat right like yes me and others we're standing right we're standing we're on the bandwagon now um but you have a seat because you got on there early you had her plus yeah. 140 over the weekend uh what's going on kid happy sunday
2: happy sunday i doubled down as well double down day of she's plus nice. 100 so the number came down so i had her two different ways saved my because i didn't have a great night besides that um, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, she looked amazing. Like Kenny, Kenny nailed all the points on the ground. I was surprised that it only took one takedown, one takedown sliced through immediately half guard sliced through everything on Josh said, I'm going to muscle up, forgot all her, you know, defensive abilities got choked. But what, the one thing about Blansfield, would, what it would impress me was her stand up's a little pushy. It's a little, you know, still work in progress. Like Kenny said. She freaked out a little bit. There was, you know, because Blanchard was throwing straight punches and uh, Andrade was coming over the top. And there were times where she would get clipped and you could tell the freak out. But her corner was like move, then she'd move and reset and everything was okay. So she still got to clean some things up on there, but she's 23 fucking years old. I mean, yeah. there's plenty mm-hmm. of time for her to do it. Uh, but her ground game, her wrestling, her resolve, her meanness, no t- no touching of the gloves. You try to touch my gloves, get out of yeah. here with that. Yeah. You know, uh, I love that. And every win, she's emotional. And yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for this, for this uh this talented fighter. I mean, she's you know, really yeah. good
0: that was insane that was insane to watch and -hmm. get to go to bed like 9 50 p.m eastern it was a beautiful (laughs) thing yep so
2: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
0: This sort of save the day mentality, right? And we can go back to when she slammed Rose Namajunas on her head, wins the title, and then three months later on UFC Fight Pass, not on pay-per-view, she's in China defending the belt unsuccessfully against Zhang Lee. And the win over Lauren Murphy in Brazil, in theory, positioned her to fight Zhang Wei Lee. Now, a lot of people think maybe it's going to be Amanda Lemos, but... She saves the day more times than not. She is tied with Amanda Nunes for the most wins in UFC women's history, Kenny. But like, I don't know, man, like now all of a sudden her claim to a potential strawweight title shot feels less firm than maybe it did 24 hours ago. So this decision, obviously, it fattens her bank account. She probably has more money than she ever dreamed of. But from a competitive standpoint. You know i know you kind of want to slope blanchfield's role a little bit when it comes to the title fight Um, uh, you know i feel like andrage kind of lost a lot in terms of of at least the Strawway championship stuff am i am i wrong on that
3: i don't think you're wrong i i think there's always a gamble anytime you take a fight let alone a short notice fight like this i think that you know, I, she probably was a little overconfident. She felt that, hey, I just fought. I'm going to be fine. You know, Blanchfield uh, clearly isn't your just uh, regular fighter, middle of the pack that you can go in there without a camp and not really prepare for and beat. Um, I also think that, you know, taking a fight on short notice as well, um, you know, your timing's going to be a little off. You're not going to, and when you're so physically capable and when you lead so much with a lot of those physical skills, If you're not in the best shape, if you have little injuries, you're not going to be able to execute the way that you want, which is why I think we see a lot of inconsistency with Andrade. There's certain performances you're like, oh my gosh, there's no one in the world that beats her. And then other times you're like, wait, she looks like just a regular fighter. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where she needs to fill in those gaps with her technical skills a little more. I, I sound like a broken record. I that's something I always look at. But physically obviously we know that she's capable. But if you don't have a full camp, if you don't have the ability to prepare specifically for someone like Blanchfield, who clearly is a threat, uh you you're not gonna get the the you know, the results that you want. So I think this is a good learning lesson for her. Uh but again, hopefully like you said, she she is very well compensated. So um yeah, tough lesson.
0: Right, a lot of Andrade fans out there feel like she was maybe going to get a title fight in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And now that feels like it's out of reach. Uh, What do you make of all that? So
2: I'm on the fence about that because of what her body of work, of what she's done. Like she took this on short. She rolled the dice. She gambled. She's like, fuck it. Let's go. Main event, whatever. I can do whatever I want. And if you go if you go down a weight because this was a different weight class, is one twenty five. You go down to one fifteen. I think her history and the record she holds, and the fact that she lost to Lee before, and if Whaley has no one to fight, I think it makes sense. Maybe you might not get it in Brazil now. You might have to maybe go back to China or yeah. you know you know uh, Korea or something, or just Vegas. But um, I, I don't know. I, I I think the body of work she's done. This this loss may hurt. But I don't think it's it it can, you know, if they announce her fighting Wei Li next week, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah. And again, we mentioned the name Amanda Lemos and she could be in this mix. But like if you're on and you're trying to beat Zhang Wei Li, either in Brazil or in China, uh, you got to put in like close to the training camp of a lifetime, I would think. So, yeah. You know, I'm going to lead the conversation when it comes to And Josh to the Hall of Fame, but I do think this was a setback and I can't wait to see Aaron Blanchfield like if I'm her manager, um, <clears throat> I'm like, hey, we're fighting for the title like right now title shot, you know, period mm-hmm. like that's the fucking tweet title shot for Aaron Blanchfield. I know Cam and I disagree, which is okay. Um, he's a little bit more conservative, folks. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's why this show fucking works. Um, All right. Let's talk about Marcin Pracnio, because I know on broadcast it was sort of softly suggested that maybe he could have done more, Uh, but he officially lands 63 leg kicks on William Knight. That is a new single-fight light heavyweight record, the third most ever landed in a three-round UFC fight, and anyone who watched this fight probably watched the post-fight interview and saw the condition, Bry, of Marcin Pracnio's left foot. Mm-hmm. What an absolute beast, and... uh Man did he just keep punishing a largely listless William William Knight over the weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm surprised that a couple of people took shots at Paciano because William Knight did nothing. I mean, I mean, he 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 was a statue in there. I don't know what he was doing. I know he got his wheels kicked out, but it's like Buddy, go for it. Do so. His corner was imploring him, and he came out, and made no excuses. I sucked. I froze. I lost. You know what I mean. He he's not making excuses about injuries or this and that. So Praknyal did what what William Knight gave him. I mean, I don't know what people want to do him to do. Rush in there and get clipped by one of those giant fucking arms of his. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 foot was mangled. It was nasty. Uh, yeah, that fight was. You want it more from both guys, but I mean, again, William, it takes two to fight. William Knight did. I mean, he I don't think he took a forward step the entire fight. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. That it's more on William Knight than
0: practical, in my opinion. Some people yeah, but- calling William Knight's performance can flow the worst in UFC history. Please go ahead.
3: It's pretty bad. Listen, uh, Brian, I would argue that's precisely why Prakneo should have taken him out. It's one thing to do nothing, Brian. It's another thing to offer up your head on a platter to Mm -hmm. get chopped off. It's another thing to offer up your leg to get chopped off for 15 minutes. It's one thing to do nothing and circle and run away. This was a heavy bag. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, I want to be nice. No, Uh, you're right. It is true. He's from New England. I know people who train him. But this was one of those things where you're scratching your head going, do you even want to be in there? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I would say, yeah, hey, Prackneau, um, I get it. Obviously, his foot was injured. We saw that. Absolutely. But how many opportunities did William Knight give to that fighter across from him the opportunity to knock him out? Sure. You're I mean right. he didn't block any kick. He wasn't doing anything. Yeah, he could swing it up. But again, a higher level fighter, a guy who, you know, is top ten, mm-hmm. top five in that division, takes out William Knight with ease.
2: Without question. And yeah.
3: Pracnow wasn't doing that. And th- that's the problem. And I get it. With Pracneo's set of skills, did he feel confident to go out there and beat someone like William Knight? Probably not. And that's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if he's not, if he feels if there's something in his gut or if he feels like I don't quite know how to approach this guy, that's all well and good. But um, a, a guy, a high level guy at 205 uh, takes out William Knight probably round one midway. Yeah. So uh, it, it was just an odd performance, man. And uh, I would be very surprised if we see William Knight uh, in, in the UFC. Maybe he gets back there. Yeah. And maybe he has some personal stuff going on. If that's huh. the case, uh, that's horrible. I'm sorry, uh, but you know maybe he shouldn't have been in the octagon that night. If it's a technical issue, well, go go back to the regional leagues, get better, figure out what's going on, and and uh, see if you can get back to the big show.
0: Yeah. yeah, I commend William Knight for his toughness, but for me as the non-fighter. I don't know. I feel like Marcin Pracnio is getting a little bit of a raw deal, right? Especially when his paycheck doubles just by winning the fight. And I do believe that perhaps Kenny, you're right. In terms of his belief, self belief in his skill set feels like maybe William Knight gets the fight to the floor and one time he's getting grounded and pounded out of there. So mitigating mm-hmm. risk and all of that. But um, I don't know. I felt like Pracnio largely did everything he could, especially to the lower half, to try to get a TKO via leg kicks, but maybe could have done a little bit more upstairs. So I guess you and uh, and the commentators are in agreement on that one. Um, all right, Jamal Pogues, what a fun name to say, you know, mm-hmm. and his takedowns yeah. I would think would be pretty fun to call too. Uh, what would you make of the heavyweight, uh, UFC heavyweight debut, I believe, for Jamal Pogues against Josh Parisian, and Brian? Uh, I thought he looked good. You know, this is a guy coming
2: up from 205. He fought 205, and then also the next time he fights, he's 248. So, I mean, he fought Prison who's a full-size heavyweight, and he looked good. You know, I mean, he couldn't hold him down all that. Well, I, I got a little nervous because I had Pogues, um, and, you know, the way the judges are, Parisian did land more strikes, but Pogues was getting takedowns, but didn't do a, a lot with the takedowns. But I think he's an athletic guy. I mean, he's, he's built a little oddly, right? Maybe he could be a 205-er. Uh, but you know, he's athletic, his power doubles. Good. Um, I know he broke his hand, but he had such a speed advantage or Parisian. I want to see more hands out of him. He was laying at will when he did his one, two was great. His jab was great, but he found out at the end that he did break his hand, but I thought it was a, it
0: was an okay performance. I give him a six out of 10, yeah. six out of 10 there for him. Kemp, so you got anything for us on Jamal Pogues before we move on?
3: Yeah, same thing. Listen, I I think he showed a lot of toughness uh, going in there. You know, broken hand uh, pretty early, it looks like. So wasn't really able to use that right hand as much as he wanted. Uh, But still, the fact that he was able to uh, win that fight in the manner that he did, uh, solid. I think it's just a great way for him to build from that. Um, I'm not going crazy or anything like that and and, uh, putting all my chips behind him at this point. But again, a a win in the UFC is huge. And uh, dealing with that kind of adversity, I think, is massive. Uh, and he's got to gain a lot of confidence because of it. So a good step forward in the right direction.
0: All right. And Brian Petrie, the main card opener, Alexander Hernandez against Jim Miller. Got to feel good for Hernandez. He's yeah. gone about so much of his career the right way. Steps up here on short notice in the lightweight division. He's gonna go back to featherweight right now, but he's he's always gonna have this Jim Miller scalp and a great performance and a great fight. Your thoughts on the main card opener BP.
2: Great fight. Won the fights of the night. I mean, Nas uh mm-hmm. Ray Long's guy I believe got fight tonight, but this is one of the fights tonight. I mean, the toughness out of Jim Miller is incredible. I mean, the guy's been in there since UFC eighty nine. I mean, you set all these kinds of records, and Hernandez looked good. He, that was his best performance, in my opinion. I know Benilde Aru, he landed that right hand and everything. We, that's the biggest win, but performance-wise, I thought this was the best. He did not fade. He got clipped a t- couple times. He didn't panic. You know, this is he didn't rush takedowns like he's done in the past. You know, Jim Miller did have a guillotine at one point. He got out of it. Um, and I'm glad Hernandez addressed in in the fighter meeting, and they talked about in broadcast. It was all mental. He was having some mental stuff, confidence issues, this and that. I'm glad he's getting behind at least in this performance, because you know Jim Miller being 38, the old dog in there, he can still knock you out. He can still take your neck. Um, and this was a really good performance by Alex Hernandez. I had Jim Miller in that in that spot, and uh, and I, I love Jim Miller. And it's again another testament to how good Jim Miller is, because. Even though Hernandez won the fight, I mean Jim Miller was was in every single moment. It was like a competitive fight. Hernandez was a step ahead of him, but a great fight. Loved it.
0: it the forty one UFC appearances is just absurd, crazy, man. crazy. Right? It was absurd last week. It's it's even more absurd now after that performance. He's going in there to kill Kempfell. I know you didn't see the fight, but yeah, you know he's throwing these left hands trying to take a dude's head off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still just exceedingly competitive in UFC fight number. 40, 41,
3: 4-1. One. Yeah, I, I was getting beat up on my kids last night. Uh, I looked like William Knight out there last <laughs> night. Just kinda, I'm going to try to rebuild from this and learn from it. But uh Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was juggling two kids last night. I missed that fight. I'm going to go back and watch it. But the amount of hunger, the amount of fight that Jim Miller has in him, It's unbelievable, man. It's crazy. You know, some some guys you'll see with you know long records, and they're kind of going in going in there to collect a paycheck. But you know, hearing it and and, and, you know hearing and reading about the fight, um, you know, it's it seems like that is not going anywhere anytime soon. So still has that hunger. That's awesome, man. Jim Miller's the man. But and congratulations to Hernandez for getting that win. That's big. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Hernandez. I agree with everything Petrie said. I think you can argue this as the biggest win of his career if you look at the totality of it. And now, sort of immersed in that factory X striking system, good for him and good for Mark Montoya. And I'm excited to see Hernandez back at 45. I mean, they're they're easier fights than Billy Correntelo, that's for sure. Shout out to yeah. Billy Q, by the way, we longtime and podcast supporter. Um, all right, we're going to get to Nazim Sadakov with Ray Longo later in the week. So be sure to get to the DraftKings YouTube channel for the Ray Longo Minute. He and I, at the very least, will go head-to-head. We'll try to have Ken Flo be a part of that as well. And don't forget, full episodes of the Anakin Florian podcast right now on DraftKings YouTube channel. Clips, of course, on the Anakin Florian podcast YouTube channel where you can also find Remember the Show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Anik. But thank you for making the transition with us, for liking the videos, for subscribing to DraftKings. The more you like and comment on our videos, the more they're going to populate for you. At least that's what I'm told. All right. Shout-out to Jamal Emers, by the way. Outstanding performance. I watched that on my cellular Great. telephone. All right. Hey, plus, by two. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. All right, let us get to some selections for uh for another UFC fight night at the Apex. It is going to be a light heavyweight title eliminator of sorts, I guess, between Nikita krilov and Ryan Spann. First, though, we're going to update the standings. Last week, minus forty dollars for Brian Petrie br- brings him or plus forty. Excuse me, I think it was plus, brings him yeah. to sorry brings him to. Minus three hundred and ten dollars on the year, so plus forty dollars for Brian Petrie. He's not too happy with me, kind of fucking job in the standings. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, we got it right here, though. You know, hey, hey, who went back and and listened you're and right. watched the show? You know, I did. Right. I mean, I did. I put in the time. Uh, Ken Flo minus four hundred and eighty dollars. Forgettable right. week for you're, Ken. You're Flo. breaking
3: up. You're breaking up. I can't hear you, John. Can't quite. It sounded like you said minus four eighty. Is that I?
0: I think so. Hey,
3: oh, okay. <laughs> you're Have a good one, because- guys. <laughs> my last <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> Damn, uh, you're scaring me because I have Cody insisted. Cody very frustrated with me these days. He insisted that I get these new deco routers or whatever. So hopefully my camera's not freezing. Have I been freezing today, boys? How's the new <laughs> yeah. Wi-Fi? It's good. Uh, it's pretty solid. A couple yeah. of freezes, but uh, couple you old, yeah, right. Uh, like he uh, said, Just it's a, I
3: know, I know. But it's, uh, it's so all if good. we're
0: still freezing at this point, what is a guy to do? I'll do anything. I said to Cody before I spent $200 on these routers, are you sure that I shouldn't buy anything like nicer <laughs> than these? And for the record, I'm not charging the podcast anything on this stuff, but still freezing up. That's bad news, man. What do I got to do? Did you hardwire? Oh, I don't even know what hardwiring is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the updated standings hmm. minus 310. Unless I'm breaking up for Petrie and minus yeah. 650 for Ken Flo. Keep in mind, these guys though, are picking all these fights that they don't necessarily have to. But we'll see if they up the ante this week. A lock of the week every now and again, try to try to get that balance back to black. First up at Welterweight, Mike Malott. Love saying that in a Boston accent, huh? You punch that team, Mike Malott. Mike Malott. Mike Malott, only 23 years old, if my script is accurate. Mike Malott, minus 215. Johan Lainis, plus 185. Malat, Team Alpha Male, knocked out Mickey Gall in his UFC debut last April. Not really sure why the layoff, Brian Petrie. He did mm-hmm. compete and win in a grappling setting last December. Uh, Lanus on the other side, another Canadian. Yeah. Canada versus Canada here. Uh, he was fortunate, in my opinion, to escape with a split over Darien Weeks last year uh, at UFC 279. Mike Malat, Johan Lanus, Brian Petrie, which way you go? Yeah, I'm going to keep this quick because I, I really want to get the Tatiana Suarez here. Uh, Malat's
2: well-rounded. You know, these Canadian bangers here. His last four wins have aged very well prior to the UFC, that is, and obviously knocking out Mickey Gall where he got a little buzz in, as well. Linus is one 101 UFC, could be 0-2. Uh, he's a one-trick pony with his power. Give him a lot. Kind of love it here too. Minus 215 is, 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 is kind of my sweet spot when I like to play. If I'm playing multiple units, I, I, that number doesn't scare me, even though he's a little improving in the UFC. I think he gets it done maybe by finish, but uh, yeah, give me Malat. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But Brian Petrie, not willing to go $430 to pay 200 today, folks. He's just going with the 215, right. sounds like you thought about it, one yeah. unit yeah. on Mike Malat. Right. Ken Flo, Mike Malat, Johan Lanis which way are you going? Mike Malott.
3: I used to know him, Mike Malott. I bet um, you Fucking Dover, yeah, oh, yeah. Massachusetts.
0: Mikey, hey, shout Mike. out, <laughs> shout out to fucking Mike Malott if you're listening in Dover, man. Shout out to fucking
3: any Mike Malott out there that's listening. Played <laughs> hockey, good hockey player. All <laughs> right, um, Mike Malott uh, against Johan. Listen, I, I think that you um, know both guys very fight uh, fight very similarly. I think Malott is is a bit of a better athlete, little faster. Little sharper on the ground, so I like Malot here as
0: well. Malot. Kemplo likes that those those fast twitch muscle fibers possessed by Mike Millot. All right. <laughs> I am losing my mind. We got about a hundred episodes left. This is episode three ninety. We're gonna go till five hundred, then we're gonna cancel the show. All right, flyweight. Tatiana Suarez minus seven forty. This is the updated Ooh. number right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minus seven forty. Despite a layoff that dates to 2019. I mean, if, if that doesn't speak to projected greatness, I don't know what does. Montana De La Rosa comes back plus 540. Brian Patriot, your mic is hot.
2: Yeah, the young crown queen is back. I mean, I think everyone who watches MMA knows how talented Tatiana Swords is. You know, injuries have held her back a little bit, comes from a good camp. And I'm gonna boldly state what everyone in the fucking world has already stated. She would be champion if she continued c- continue to fight. I think she's that good. Glad she's double 125 now. She's got a good uh a, a, a good frame, right? She's five five, but she's long. And her wrestling is, is, is bar none, but sheesh! four years off i mean listen d cruz you better plug his ears i know he doesn't believe in ring rust but i mean hopefully she has the same mentality because uh, she's gonna need it it's a long time to be away nia de la rosa has been fighting steadily since coming off the the tough where she looked really good but since coming off the open fighter it's been win loss win loss loss, a little inconsistent very tough only, never been finished in ufc's been finished outside the ufc but regardless of this giant fucking number i think suarez is a special talent i think she's Four years away, I think she's been grinding. I think mentally it's it's helping her. She is dating, engaged, married to Patchy Mix, who's a very good fighter. I think that's only going to improve her. The words in Extreme Couture, when she's in the room, she's an absolute beast. So uh the number doesn't scare me. The layoff doesn't scare me. I like a finish here, probably by submission, maybe TKO. Uh, but Suarez by submission, uh, by finish, any kind of finish, add that to my card. And I'm not going to lock her up. This could easily be a lock, but I'm no
0: chump. I'm not going to lock uh. up at 740, okay? I'm not, yeah. I'm not Can't a, do I'm it. a square. So give me Suarez by finish, though. Can't do it. Can't lock her up. Would not be prudent at minus Can't 740. So, Kenny, seems as though Suarez is expected to eventually move back down to straw weight. Remains to be seen. But she's 8-0 right now. Hasn't fought since a 2019 win over Nina Nunes. That was at UFC 238. About forty six pay per views ago, initially she was going to come back in twenty twenty one against your friend Roxanne Modafferi. That fight did not materialize, and on the other side we have Montana De La Rosa. I believe she still reps Fortis MMA. Just one win spanning her last four, uh, and she has not fought since a decision loss to Macy Barber. That was April of two thousand twenty two. Uh, Ken Canflo Suarez De La Rosa at flyweight. Who do you like?
3: Yeah, you know it, it's it's such a uh, it's such a big number. I think, and a lot of that has to do with her last fight. Uh, against Macy Barber you know it's like if Macy Barber did that to her what do you think Tatiana Suarez is going to do I, I say that respectfully just mm-hmm. she didn't have an answer um, you know for the clinch game she didn't have an answer for that type of physicality and Tatiana Suarez is uh is a much bigger problem than Macy Barber in my opinion so I think Suarez gets it done um if I put units on Suarez does that help me at all I mean does it help me at all does it get the number not really but uh, I, you know Suarez uh Suarez wins this man pretty easily
0: yeah yeah I mean you could do as much I mean you could put as much as four G's on her if you really wanted to uh, right you know yeah and by the way you know I feel like I'm oftentimes the oldest guy in the room not on this podcast necessarily right but that maybe I'm getting to the point where people like laugh at my jokes because I'm old I don't know you know this is not a joke though necessarily but if you are just listening to the show I strongly suggest checking out the video so you can see Ken Flo's hat (laughs) I like that. It is pointy. Choo, choo. It's a cool hat, though. Where well, are we going, yeah. you know?
3: Hey, it's distracting. It's, yeah, it looks uh, like what, it. what can I say? It's driving it's, it's the T. It's performed properly. All right,
0: here we go. If you're driving the T in Boston, just put that hat on. Nobody would know any different. All right. At heavyweight, we now have what is a pick Augusto Sakai minus 110, Dontel Mays minus 110. So Sakai was 15-1-1, one one, Kenny, after a decision win over Boagoy Ivanov in May of 2020, right? That results in him getting a couple straight main events, loses both of those, then two more. So now for Sakai, the one-time budding heavyweight contender, it's four successive losses by knockout or TKO. Uh Here he draws Dante Mays. Who do you have, Ken Flo? Pick him at heavyweight.
3: Gosh, I, I I don't know. I, I see Sakai is a guy who really has uh, a lot of potential. I think Mays uh, has a lot of potential as well. Um, but I, I think from a skill perspective, experience perspective, Sakai um, probably gets it done here. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if Mays gets the win. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sakai.
0: Nice. Hey, Bri, the yeah. red on Augusto Sakai's Wikipedia page sure. right now is mm-hmm. blinding. Mm-hmm. Does he green stripe it this weekend against uh, against your boy, Dontel Mays, Dontel the hyphen? I like the name Dontel. I named my son Hunter, but you can do worse than fucking Dontel. Dontel's a cool name. Listen, Pick'em Petrie is what they're calling me in the streets.
2: Really? No, no, no one's calling me that. <laughs> <laughs> because I love Pick'em Fights and I love this fight. I was at Dontel Mays's. uh, amateur debut he fought a guy that I kind of trained with and he scared the entire fucking gym we were at 6'6 monster just destroyed this guy um, but listen, he bought some wrestling shoes and he bought a singlet because this guy is grappling is getting drastically better from what it was. And so is his cardio. Um, You know, he's 6'6, he's got to come boxing and stuff. But I, I, you, you look at Sakai and you put him on his back, he's a fish out of water. You know, four losses, four finishes. And Dante Mays coming off that loss over, Um, he, he just popped for steroids. So now it's a no contest. But that Olympic Egyptian wrestler, and it was a split decision, it was a close fight. I think Mays is really starting to find himself here. He's heavy on top. His his strikes are good. He's not. I mean, he has a couple submissions, but I'm not worried about that. I think he's going to close the show with strikes. And you know what? Since they call me Pickham Petrie, no one does. I'm going to go two unit lock on, as well on this. Give me Dontel Mays two unit lock. Adam Pickham Price.
0: Let's go. All right. So two unit. That's so two hundred and twenty dollars to pay two hundred. Yes, Is that correct? All yeah. right, sir. Thank you. We want to get this right. You know, Dontel Mays. Minus two, excuse me, minus 110 for two units for Brian Petrie. By the way, the Egyptian in question, uh, Hamdi Abdel Wahab. There, yeah. Got a there, lot of fun names to say on the program yeah. today. All <laughs> right, co-main event at middleweight. Petrie will lead us here and then Ken Flo on the main event. Co-main yeah. event at middleweight, 11th ranked Andre Muniz, minus 180, taking on the unranked Brendan All-In Allen, who's plus 155. Brian Muniz has won nine in a row. He's 5-0 and oh in the UFC after a win over Uriah Hall. That was at UFC 276 last July. On the other side, B.A. has won three in a row, five of his last six. Outstanding co-main event, Brian mm-hmm. Petrie, which way you go?
2: I absolutely love this fight. It's dancing all over my brain, too. It's just laughing at me because I don't have a good read on it. Um, no clear winner. I haven't taken a dog shot yet. Usually, I'm a I'm a I'm a dog hunter, dog the bounty hunter. But you know, at 155, Allen is, is appealing. But M- I think Munez is special. My only complaint was was his last fight against Uriah Hall. I really felt like if he sh- if he opened up Uriah with some strikes more, he could have maybe found the submission. I think he was just a little too heavy on the submissions. Which he's he's a specialist. He's great. He's incredible. But I just feel like he could have opened him up more. And Brendan Allen hasn't been submitted since 2018 by Trevor Giles. He's been submitted before rear naked joke, but not not for a while. He considers himself a grappler as well. He got taken down seven times with Jacob who who is a good wrestler, but Munez does have a really good early first-round entry. It's powerful. He can get you down, and usually when he gets you down once, you don't get back up. Um, if it stays on the feet, Allen, they both have been uh, two of his four losses, Munez, that is, has come by knockout. Brennan Allen's had some chin problems as well. So they stay on the feet. It's going to be maybe kind of a watch. I think Brandon Allen maybe has better boxing. Munez has powerful kicks, good high kicks. But Munez, you know, he might be on that secret juice that Paula Costa is taking because this, this is a well, well put together guy. Uh, I'm going to go Munez by sub here. Um, I don't love it. I'll probably just prop it. But as the as the as the, the the
0: sake of the show, give me Andre Munez. And thanks for, you know, throwing out the method of victory when you're not yeah. required to do so, of course. You know? Uh Flo, what do you have for us on the co-main event, brother?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Muniz is uh, one of those guys who is obviously a specialist, uh, and I certainly think he's capable of submitting uh, even the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, uh, Brendan Allen. Um, but when you look at you know the ways that Allen has lost, it's been by TKO, punches on the feet, where Allen just starts getting a little crazy, stays in the pocket. Uh, gets wild and gets caught. I don't see that necessarily happening here against Muniz, you know, not to the point where he, he can put his lights out. I do think you got to watch out for that early start uh, for the Brazilian, uh, who is most certainly going to try to take this fight to the ground. And hey, he could absolutely finish him in the first round. But I think Allen's going to get stronger as this fight goes on. He's going to get a little uh, smarter, I think, and, and, and get on to the takedowns of Muniz. And uh, I, I think Allen wins this by decision. Um, I think he's going to find a way to, or he even catches Muniz on the feet and yeah. takes him out. I don't think Muniz is the best striker in the world. I, and right. I've seen him slow down, arms start to drop uh, a little bit. So, um, absolutely, you know, special on the ground. Love what he's doing there. A big fan of jiu-jitsu, obviously. Uh, but I'm going to go with Brendan Allen.
0: Love it. Brandon Allen plus 155 for Kenflow. And by the way, Kenflo is sneaky, a fashion icon, right? So mm-hmm. say what I want about his hat, right? But <laughs> it's probably like fashion forward, right? Like mm-hmm. no one's ever going to confuse me with being fashion forward. I stand by my tailor, Mark Russell, against anybody else's, but mm-hmm. my daughters are just banging on me all the time. I wear sweat shorts and severe MMA podcast shirts that say striking and grappling and aggression and a control. There you go. So I'm sure like Kenflow's wife, <laughs> you know america's next top model wife probably thinks that hat's awesome so
2: john can i ask you a real quick question yeah please Uh, i'm here all day do you wear jorts jean shorts no i do not why should i well like yeah ken's got the kenny's got the fray tight on the thighs i mean like the 90s in sync shorts that's what i was meant hopefully you don't wear that like the carpenter shorts where you can put your hammer on the side <laughs> I,
0: I i don't know i mean i wonder what ken has got on the lower half but we kind of got to move on to the main <laughs> no, event so,
3: nothing it's a, absolutely nothing
0: it's a light heavyweight main event kenny uh number six nikita Krilov, 165 eighth ranked ryan span plus 140. division not as wide open as necessarily we're being led to believe more on that in a moment but ken Flo, we'll start with you on this ready over under 15 UFC appearances thus far for Nikita Krilov. Over under 15 UFC stats for Nikita Krilov.
3: Man, he started pretty young uh, he did. and has been pretty consistent. I, I'd say over.
0: Over would be the correct answer. Circle gets the square. Second UFC stint for Nikita Krilov. This will be his 18th UFC appearance overall. <laughs> Debuted all the way back at UFC 164 in 2013. On the other side, we have Ryan Span. He's won two in a row, knocked out Dominic Reyes last year. Ken Flo, who do you have in the main event? Krilov the favorite or Span the underdog?
3: Man, this is a tough one. I think that Span is a little bit more dangerous when it comes to uh, the feet. I I think Krilov will keep a... um, a high-pressure game, I think he'll most likely throw more volume. Uh, Span, I think, a little bit more dangerous just because of that power and, and athleticism that he displays. Um, and I don't know. He catches you uh, when you kind of least re- re- uh, expect it. And I think Kriloff can get a little wild um, at times. But I, I think if Kriloff's able to mix things together, hit those takedowns, play it round by round, and and be smart and, and use – proper tactics against someone like span. I think he can tire him out. I think he can wear him down over time. Krilov always seems to come in shape. Um, and, uh, mm. yeah, I, I like Krilov here. Not, not super confident. Uh, I think there's a couple of these that I may change throughout the week as we go on, depending on the weigh-ins and things like that.
0: But, um, yeah, give me Krilov, man. All right, Kempflo likes the favorite, Nikita Krilov. Now, I say, Bri, the division not as wide open right. as maybe it was once believed to be. Jamal Hill's the champion. Mm-hmm. And if Yuri Prohazka is healthy, he's going to get the next championship opportunity. Of course, Magomed Ankalaev is lurking. I guess Jan Bohovich is to whatever degree as well. Anthony Smith. Mm-hmm. Um But it stands to reason even... Krilov or span whoever emerges even with a first round finish which actually has a high probability here mm-hmm. isn't necessarily going to be getting a title shot you know right. in the next calendar year uh all of that being said it's a big fight at 205 and and we need to know who you think wins it. Yeah,
2: I love this fight. Loyal and a listener, Jake Ford, generously offered up his services at the beginning of the year and said, hey, let me let me break down all your fights for you. Every pick you make, I'll put it in a spreadsheet. And he informed me today that my light heavyweight picks, for lack of a better term, have been absolute dog shit. So I need to lock in and pick winners here. This is huge for 205. Yeah, He's yeah. a big boy. He, takes, he has some serious skill, big power, and an absolute death choke. His guillotine is, is something nasty. But I'm concerned about the cardio. Kenny touched on it. He gassed hard in that Sam Alvey fight. That's the only sample size we have because Span doesn't get paid by the minute. The guy gets out of there early. And Kralos has been around forever. You know, He debuted in 2012. His MMA debut, that is. Fought at heavyweight. Now he's at 205. And uh, the best word to describe him is sturdy. He's just a sturdy dude. He goes out there and gets hard-fought wins or even some hard-fought losses. But his biggest issue is if there's a guy that has a special submission, like a Paul Craig, avoid that triangle. Nikita Krylov finds himself in those positions, you know. what I mean, he's lost a lot by submission, so that troubles me because Ryan Spann has that gilly that could be a problem. So I'm so torn because Span, can he go five rounds? I don't know. Can Nikita Krylov avoid the gilly? I don't know. Kenny and I are an opposite all day today, so I love this. Give me the dog mm. pick and Ryan Span by submission. One of us is gonna have a great fucking yeah. week,
0: huh. uh, but
2: yeah, I, that's the way I see it. So it, let's have let's have some fun, boys. Could get out. I before. love it. Yeah.
0: All right, at Brian Petrie, MMA, if you want more from him, he also hosts a show called the MMA Takes Podcast, which I, I hear is blowing up. I don't know if it has anything to do with little rub from the Anakin Florian podcast. But, it has uh, a lot people, to do
2: with that, John. <laughs> uh, hey,
0: we appreciate you. Have a, yeah. uh, have a great day and a better evening, and uh, we will talk to you next week in advance of the big one UFC 285, brother.
2: Absolutely. Kenny, you're going to be in Ohio this Saturday. It's about yeah. three and a half, four hours away from me. Is it just Gi or no Gi?
0: We
3: got, a gi, we got a gi on Saturday, no gi on Sunday. Okay, because
2: I can dust off the rascards like John
0: Donaher and, and show up if <laughs> I need to. But have fun, Ken. I love you boys. I'll Thank feel. you, brother. Sounds like a lot of driving. I mean, I think Brian Petrie does a, enough driving. I don't know that he needs to go to the uh, seminar. Exactly. But uh, at Kenny Florian on Instagram if you want more of that. Uh, one more sleep merchandise, by the way, is at millions.co. Before we get to all of that, I do want to hear from our producer, Cody Merrow. And as we bring on Cody for the uh, Merrow seconds, that beard's starting to uh, thicken up. Is that just the winter there in the Northeast or what? No.
1: So this is a protest that's been me on the bench. You know, I haven't shaved since I've been on the show. It's been like four weeks. So I'm back. Cody's back. No. Oh, but I, I'm, Cody's I, I've been looking at Ken Flo every week and I'm just like, damn, like maybe my beard can look that good. It, it doesn't, but still.
0: <laughs> so. I just want to say before you get into uh, whatever you have for us and the bonuses, I think we forgot. So maybe you could get that for us if you don't already have it. But Tatiana Suarez, right? She can run. Like I remember one time in 2008, Kenny was telling me that uh, to sort of kickstart a training camp or this was even maybe when he didn't have a fight on the books. He would just go run a mile as fast as he could in like six minutes. And I'm like, dude, you are a maniac, right? Just leave the rest of us alone. But Tatiana Suarez can run, like genetically, she can just run and long distances. And she hasn't been able to do that, obviously, for a time and knee injuries, whatever else. But I just think of all the great things we have to say about Tatiana Suarez. When I did a Modelo appearance with her, one thing that kept coming up was just running. And I don't know. I just I really believe in her. I believe in her cardio. And uh I don't know. I think it's going to be an emotional walk, but I'm excited to have Tatiana Suarez back. So I just wanted to uh, to say that before we get to uh, to Cody.
1: Yeah. And a lot of mental hurdles, you know, when it comes to, you know, you're dealing with your knees, you only got two of them, you know, it, they don't get better over time. So, you know, very emotional, you know, everyone has said that Tatiana Suarez ceiling is championship or bust. Uh I'm just excited to see her back in there. And, you know, she adds an interesting wrinkle to the mix. We just saw Aaron Blanchfield, a very skilled grappler, go out there and dominate Jessica Andrade. Tatiana Suarez is cut from that same cloth. So, you know, if Valentina is not in the wrestling room, I don't know what she's doing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what Suarez is intending to do in terms of 15 and 25. Obviously, this one's a 25, and uh, I think that's a good thing. And uh, it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, you have guys like Volkanovski who say they want to fight four times a year. John Jones seemingly is of that mentality that he wants to fight at least twice, if not three times this year. I mean, can you imagine if John Jones comes back in July? after fighting here in March, be pretty exciting. So good to have Suarez back.
1: Yeah. Well, and very exciting stuff. That's definitely something that I've been talking to our friends at DraftKings about as far as, uh, you know, if we get Conor twice this year, if we get John Jones three times, you know, uh, looking like a pretty good year for the MMA leader as we get started here. But looking back at last weekend, the fight of the night, I mean, Nazim Sadikov and Evan Elder, uh, was there any other choice? I thought that that fight was an absolute banger.
0: So I'm glad they got the bonus, right? Because oftentimes it seems like the main card participants are rewarded. I thought Jim Miller and Alexander Hernandez certainly was bonus worthy. But yes, great to have Nas come through and get the win and uh, obviously get the bonus as well because I think that's more life-changing than the money would have been for Jim Miller. I'm sure for Alexander Hernandez, there will be something discretionarily. But yeah, we'll uh we'll have Longo on. Might even have Mr. Uh, Sadikov himself later in the week here on the Anakin Florian podcast, but very excited. And I know Cody and Longo are like this, right? So it's probably pretty special for you to see Nazim. You've been hearing about Nazim for several years. To see him shine on the UFC stage, I think for you, is probably pretty special.
1: Well, Longo, Wideman MMA, huh? gym of the year, 2023 leading candidate right Mar- no I mean come, come on like Maybe absolutely just, not is Longo's not pick? my coach <laughs> that, of the year did he get his one coach of the year for the decade of the podcast was that it I picked him last year I can't I can't like right you know, it's in it's your contract, contract. I mean that that's legally binding like, so yeah. but yeah I mean exciting stuff dude
0: we have I know we got sorry to cut you out we got the Longo limp now print the shirts and anybody see him walking in we got the fucking Longo limp I mean well that's i'm gonna
1: be limping sooner or later but. our south florida friend josh cohen tweeted about that he's like well what is wrong with longo i'm like he's just got huge huh? balls so you know really? like, it's so hard <laughs> when you're walking to the octagon with giant testicles that you just gotta limp sometimes you know swag oh, uh, my but goodness. those two i texted they today. must have
0: grown <laughs> they must have grown because he was not limping uh no we know that the declines are very tough for ray right now and uh now everybody's going to bring this to his attention that I was talking about the
1: Longo Limp. So. Yeah, of course. But I, I texted him, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see this rematch with two numbers by their names in the future. Both young guys, uh, elders 25 years old, you know, like the future is very bright for both of these guys. I thought they showed out and deserved that 50K. The other two fifty 50K bonuses, uh, performance of the night, Aaron Blanchfield, obviously, and then uh, Mera Bueno Silva with the dominant performance.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. They like to reward the, uh, the leg submissions. Uh, if Sean Shelby has anything to say about it, but no, you're absolutely right about, uh, elder. Am I pronouncing that mm-hmm. right? Evan elder. Yeah, dude, that was a great fight. I watched it on my cellular telephone on mute, but it was a great, great fight. And you're right. I think the ceiling for both those guys, uh, is exceedingly high. So yes, great to have them bonus. And, uh, we'll last long Going in a couple days. If he gets any of that bonus, I think it should all go to the athlete. We'll see what Ray has to say about that.
1: He's got to get his bread buttered somewhere, right? It's not from us. Ha! Just kidding. Ray's getting taken care of. Everybody, lay off in the comments. Uh, so no, he is. Leave us alone. The Mac is back. The Mac. Uh, Conor McGregor flew. Finally, is in Las Vegas for the filming of the Ultimate Fighter. I got to find some way to get Michael Chandler that Houston jersey, right? Maybe get that some Showtime. Like I, I could see him wearing it on Ultimate Fighter, right? Maybe I'll put like a little Anka Florian logo on it or something. Maybe that's a little too biased.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the tie into to the Astros would be for him. And he lost that fight in Houston, obviously, right. as you well know. Well, but- it was the first time we met, if I'm not mistaken. But no, I mean, yes, we can get him the jersey. I just don't know. Doesn't he seem you like know.
1: the kind of guy, though, that, would you know, some people would be like, oh, I never want to remember that again. But he's the kind of guy who'd be like, no, that's motivation. I, I look at that jersey every morning to remind me of my potential, you know, like some type of diatribe. But the reason I brought up Connor, uh, did you say he got hit by a bike a couple of weeks ago? Has that ever happened to you guys? You ever hit like no, a bike or, oncoming I traffic got- or anything like that?
0: I yelled at by a school of bikers today because i was passing them because you know
1: wow they took up the whole street they must listen to the podcast and know you don't train or else they wouldn't fuck with you like that right
0: yeah you know actually <laughs> i'm gonna get myself in trouble you know uh bikers are not a breed with which to fuck. uh oh biker you're them. talking like they'll be coming up like
1: orange county chopper bike no not like- motorcycles
0: no i'm just saying like, like these Armstrong 30 you know men men in south florida be coming <laughs> at me you know because they own the road
1: the and now i
0: learned that lesson the hard way today
1: interesting um uh, a few weeks ago i don't know if you saw john but uh Hinato moikanu was talking about how he learned english and his swearing acumen through playing call of duty and i just wanted to say you know me fucking too Hanato. me too
0: <laughs> yeah you're right it did, kenny i don't know if you saw this but it's like the reason he swears so much i guess is because that that's communicatively funny. is how he learned English however you can learn English right say it all the time right I mean obviously the number one way to resonate with the fan base is to fight and fight off and number two if you're an international fighter is to to learn how to speak English you know it'll take you to the next level Ask Junior Dos Santos
1: Ask Devison Figueredo huh motherfucker he's like my favorite <laughs> listen to you uh so uh, just some quick I I have a go ahead uh no well uh, you go ahead do you want to comment on that
0: I just, I gotta, if he's your favorite, I have a Davison figueredo signed t shirt here that I'm gonna send to you. It's probably your size, dude. What
1: is that? What do you mean? <laughs> Figueroa, motherfucker. <laughs> he's a man. I like
0: him. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, no, He fucking, he screams professional athlete. There's something about when he walks in the room, no doubt.
1: um Deus de Geja, God of War. Deus de Geha. Kenny's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you pronounce it wrong. <laughs> Two, no, Three and one, on one on the week. Yeah, um, see. So just a couple of quick fight announcements to rattle off since I haven't been here in a while. Uh, Cheeto versus Sandhagen obviously was supposed to be last weekend, moved to March 25th. It moves to a 30 foot cage versus a 25 foot cage, if I'm not mistaken. And Sandhagen's been training with Superlek. I think that's a very interesting wrinkle. I think that the bigger cage benefits Sandhagen as opposed to benefiting Cheeto, but that's going to be an absolute absolute banger. Um, Max Holloway is going to fight Arnold Allen on April 15th. Reportedly, Max opened at a minus 150 on DK Sportsbook. I think you're looking at a lot of value in Arnold Allen there. Uh, and then Anthony, Smoke, Anthony Smith is rebooked to fight uh, Johnny Walker as the May 13th headliner. So, you know, a couple of good bangers coming down the line, uh, all those reports via ESPN.
0: Uh, and then Good our, stuff. I hadn't seen Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker, so.
1: Yeah, that's a crazy fight, huh? It'd be interesting. Love to see Johnny Walker. Um, So, crazy lines over our friends at DK Sportsbook, uh, Code AF Pod, when the code is active. John Jones is about a minus 150 favorite. He hasn't been that uh, low in the odds since fighting Stefan Bonner at UFC 94. In 2009, the number one song was Just Dance by Lady Gaga. I know, John, that is a favorite of yours.
0: Nope, yep, it is. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I really can't wait to hear which way Ken Flow falls on that John Jones Seattle Gone Fight. I'm going to predict that he's going to go Jones right now, and then we'll see where he goes next week.
1: So, as you always say, John, bet the number. Uh, you know, Safe Saud, we had on the program a couple weeks ago, he's going to be in the corner of Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's a plus 350 dog against Shavkat Rachmanov. I, I don't know how somebody as experienced and, you know, as um, battle tested as Jeff Neal is a plus 350 against anybody. I mean, Shavkat Rachmanov is impressive, but that number just stood out to me. So, I'm interested to see that one as well. Uh,
0: yeah, I wonder how people handicapped that fight versus Jack Della Maddalena and Randy Brown, because a lot of people suggested, man, Randy Brown, UFC tested. And even I think Jack was sort of digging in deeper for what he thought was going to be a longer fight. Um, but I just think sometimes you see Shavkat Rakhmonov at that number, and then he sort of reminds you why he
1: deserves that type of respect. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested for sure. Uh, and then, you know, circling back, my boy, Michael Chandler's a pick him against McGregor. I mean. The sport is inarguably better with McGregor in it. That's no denigration on Connor, but I don't know how you look at Michael Chandler's resume over the last couple of years in the same time that Connor's been out. And to think that he's a pick against Connor, I think is absolutely insane. So uh, I'll be really interested to see how that line moves, especially with the fact that the show is going to give us a lot of insight into, you know, Connor's training and how he's looking. So, you know, that line I think is going to move a lot, you know, in the next couple of months.
3: I, I mean, I would say, because he's reckless and he's going against a very good Counter Strike.
1: He might be the most reckless. We'll see. Going against the best Counter Striker. Yeah. So, right. It's, it's right. very much so, an yeah. uh, immovable object versus an impressive force, right? Or whatever. Yeah. The but what what, what Connor's going to show up, we don't know. Exactly. Uh, and then last thing, uh, Cocaine Bear, which got a lot of pub on the last pay per view. It's based on a true story. In 1985 in Knoxville, Tennessee, a bear ate 75 pounds of cocaine, which is valued at $2 million. Uh, the bear did die because of that from a heart failure, but the bear is a uh, taxidermied. It sits in a mall in Kentucky, if you're curious. So thank you, Bruce Buffer. Cocaine bear. Wow.
0: That is good stuff. I said it probably three or four more times actually than Bruce Buffer. Cocaine bear. I want to see it. I want to see it. I saw a good documentary called Just Bear back in the day. I think there's no talking, just following a bear. Cocaine bear, though, in theaters later this month. All right, thank you all for checking the show out. Don't forget, second episode comes down later this week. We will uh, help Ray Longo celebrate uh, his UFC debutante getting it done in Las Vegas. Uh, and we will also have some other treats for you later in the week. So keep it locked to the DraftKings YouTube channel. Don't forget millions.co for the One More Sleep merchandise. We will have a special GOAT design out in advance of the return of John Jones. Anakfloriumpodcast.com for all your other merchandise needs. Use code LONGO because I think that helps Ray. And uh, we will talk to you in a few days. Thank you to Brian Petrie and Cody Merrill for Kenflow and John Anak. We will talk to you uh, probably on Thursday. Until then, have a great week, great day, better evening. Rest of the weekend. You'll later. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.